Hello and welcome to episode 81 of ERRX, a podcast tailored to your clinical needs. I'm your host, Adis Carrick, and in this two-part series, I'll be talking about poisonous mushrooms. This week, I'll do a quick background about some of these mushrooms, focusing on amatoxin, then next time I'll talk about treatment options. Mushrooms that contain amatoxin are pretty rare, but they're a major cause of liver failure, and they're responsible for 95% of deaths from mushroom ingestions around the world. Amatoxin is usually found in the amanita group of mushrooms, nicknamed the deadly white amanitas, with some pretty sick names like death cap, destroying angel, and the not-so-sick fool's mushroom. But remember that not all amanita group mushrooms contain the toxin, and that amanita group mushrooms aren't the only ones that can contain the toxin. For example, other groups of mushrooms, like the lepiota and the gallerina groups, can also carry it. The classic patient is usually exposed to amatoxin by foraging for mushrooms, either to eat or to get high, and mistakes toxic mushrooms for edible ones. But this is still a relatively rare thing. Of the thousands of species of mushrooms, only somewhere between 50 and 100 are toxic to humans, and only about 35 mushrooms contain amatoxin. But the scary thing about amatoxin is that it stays toxic whether you eat it raw or cook it. And to the rookie mushroom hunter, it can be very hard to tell apart dangerous shrooms from safe ones. Another scary thing is that it can be lethal in very small doses. The estimated lethal dose is 0.1 mg per kilogram, or about 7 mg in adults, which is only about 1-2 to medium-sized mushroom caps. The good news is that death from amatoxin is pretty rare, with 50 deaths per year in Europe and Asia, and only a handful of deaths in the U.S., Amatoxins are fascinating compounds. I should also clear up that the term amatoxin is an umbrella term for at least nine related toxic compounds. Anyway, the mechanism by which all of these amatoxins cause damage is pretty complex, but in summary, amatoxins are rapidly absorbed from the intestine and sent to the liver by OATP transporters. Once in the liver, they cause irreparable damage by inhibiting RNA polymerase, which if you remember from biochem, hinders transcription of mRNA. Without mRNA, cell metabolism stops and apoptosis starts. The liver is hit the hardest because it's the first organ that amatoxin sees after absorption from the GI tract, but other organs that also have rapid cellular turnover, like cells of the GI tract or the kidneys, are also affected. Amatoxin toxicity happens in three phases. The first phase typically begins 6 to 24 hours after ingestion. Patients can feel nauseous and crampy, and will have large amounts of watery and even bloody diarrhea. Massive fluid losses can lead to hypovolemia, acute kidney injury, and shock. In this phase, liver enzymes and bilirubin are typically normal. The second phase, which starts around 24 to 36 hours after ingestion, is characterized by patients typically starting to feel a little bit better from a GI standpoint. But during this phase, AST and ALT become elevated and peak 60 to 72 hours post-ingestion. In very severe poisonings, this phase can be skipped altogether and patients can go directly from phase 1 to phase 3. And in the third phase, which happens about 48 to 96 hours after ingestion, both liver and renal function are severely diminished. Loss of liver function means patients can develop hypoglycemia, coagulopathy, hepatorenal syndrome, and hepatic encephalopathy, and they can die within 3-7 to days without proper support. 
Diagnosis is mostly based on the history of delayed onset GI symptoms or hepatotoxicity after eating a mushroom. You can also try to identify the mushroom, but we shouldn't wait for identification before providing treatment, and identification should only be attempted by an expert medical toxicologist. So obviously involve your tox team or poison control center immediately. Treatment consists mostly of supportive care, and if treatment is started immediately, we can keep the mortality rate of these poisonings to less than 5%. Some agents like N-acetylcysteine, high-dose penicillin, cyclosporine, and silibinin can be attempted, but if it gets bad enough, a liver transplant may be the only definitive treatment. Next week, we'll go over some of these treatments more in-depth with a useful guide on how to get silibinin from personal experience. As always, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for wanting to learn more about pharmacotherapy. If you have any comments or anything you'd like to add to this episode, please give me a shout-out on the ERRX Podcast Instagram page, or reach out to me on errxpodcast.com. I'd love to respond to all comments and criticisms. I also want to take a second to shout-out listener Lee Shaw for her very generous donation on buymeacoffee.com. Donations like this keep the podcast running and free for everyone. I'll see you next time. (laughs) 